the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at nissan.ie. Yes, I'm holding in my hands a memoir. It is called From Rags to Ricky and it is written by Sid Owen. Sid, you're very welcome to The Hard Shoulder. Congratulations on the book, first of all. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm glad that it's, uh, it's out and there's, uh, everyone sort of seems to be happy at the moment. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, it, it, it is a really compelling read and I think more so for someone like myself who didn't know anything about your young life. Um, I mean, is it fair to describe it as a kind of chaotic enough upbringing? It was. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. But, I, I, you know, when you're that young, you sort of, sort of chaoticness don't really, you don't think like that because it's just, you sort of take it all in your strive. But uh, definitely looking back on it, it was, uh, it was definitely a chaotic upbringing, that's for sure. Yeah, you're, you you grew up in... in Islington in the UK. Maybe tell our listeners a little bit about the, your, your family situation. So yeah, I mean, we sort of grew up in a in a huge sort of council estate um, in Chapel Market, Islington. Uh, I'm the youngest of uh, four brothers, and uh, you know, my uh, earliest memory, obviously, my dad. I don't really remember that much because uh, basically, when I was sort of two years old. Uh, I remember our first sort of got holiday going to Menorca, just about to take off on the on the runway, and uh, the police sort of came on the plane and took us all off. And then that was it from my dad's sort of uh, memory of him, because uh, he got kited off straight to prison. He'd uh, he'd been done for armed robbery, and then uh, you know a few years after that, my mum passed away when I was seven. So. Uh, it weren't the best of starts. Yeah. Let's just say that. But, uh, you know, luckily, as I say, I, uh, I, I found my, uh, my love in acting, which uh, I suppose saved me. You, you, you're writing the book about that impact of, of your mum passing away and how maybe you were insulated a little from the, the, the worst impacts of it, given you were so young, you were seven years old. It, it was harder on your brothers, who I suppose, for whom your mum was a, a much more permanent fixture in their life. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a funny one because when you're young, you sort of, I don't think you're that much aware of it, you know, whereas, you know, I remember my eldest brother sort of took it harder, Um, you know, especially sort of instantly and, you know, even now later on in life, he, he, it seemed to affect him more than it did, you know, myself, Um because I suppose you get more memories. Uh, you know, I was seven, so, you know, I, I, obviously I've got fond memories, but I didn't have, uh, like, more... Me- I didn't have many memories. So, you know, it's probably easier in a way to sort of move on. I know it sounds as silly as it sounds, but it's like you're young, so you don't... You, you know, you sort of just take it in your stride and get on with it. So, you know, there really is no sort of age acceptance on on you know death in the family but mm. uh it's certainly uh i suppose a bit easier the younger you are and then you realize later on in life it you know how it affects you you know whereas when you're younger you don't uh you know it's all very dismissive and uh you just 
you're a kid. So yeah, you know, nothing's uh, nothing sort of taken so seriously. You you went off to live with your aunt and her partner then uh, as well. But there's a real sense in the book that yourself and your brothers, like even though your aunt was there, that you kind of felt you were a, a law unto yourselves to a degree. Yeah, I mean, it was that. It was like you know, as people know, that the closest person ever in would you know for anyone would be your mum so once once your mum goes it's uh you know no one can replace that and no one uh you know as much as I had sort of you know loving and caring people around me I, I uh you know it was like sod you uh you know my mum's gone my dad's not here so uh, you know no one can tell me what to do and uh I suppose you sort of you know I took it into my uh, own sort of initiative to, to sort of, you know, follow my own path and take my own choices and, uh, you know, go from there. Tell me about some of the things yourself and your brothers got up to. What didn't we get up to? That's <laughs> more, more to the point. Yeah, we are. Uh, you know, I was talking about it. It's, it's like it's quite back then when you grow up in that environment, it's quite uh, a common thing, you, you know. Whereas uh, it once frowned upon, it was uh, it was the norm, you know, thieving and sort of sort of living day day to day. Hand, you know, you were sort of it, that's just how it was. You you know, you lived day by day, and uh, you see, it was survival. So yeah. uh, you know, that was uh, petty thieving weren't really sort of uh, frowned upon, but. Uh, Obviously now it's you know it's, it's a bit different. It was uh, yeah, but we uh, we as a kid we, I didn't think it was any 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 anything bad. Yeah, I, you, you tell a few stories in the book about you know uh, delivery drivers kind of pulling up outside shops and yourself and your brothers kind of ready and waiting to to approach them and and pretend you're from the shop so that you could just unload the truck. Yeah, and <laughs> head off of, with the goods. Uh, lots of good yeah, lots of good tricks like that, and it was almost like it weren't theft. Yeah, because you'd be. You know, like the nice guy criminal. You know, you take it from people in front of you know, in front of them. It was uh, it was very bizarre, very strange. It weren't like a a violent path. It was uh, it was just you know, quite quite simple. It it, it was at the same time when you're reading it, like you get a real sense that. Like there came a point in your life where you, you really could have gone down one road or the other. You know what I mean? That they, I'm sure there was lots of people around you growing up who would have had the same experience and probably looked at it as a kind of bit of hijinks, bit of a laugh. You know what I mean? Kind of victimless crime or just robbing stuff off the back of a lorry. Sure, who notices what of it? Yeah. And, and, and things did get a lot more serious for them. Exactly. I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was it was all fun and games when, when you're younger. And then, uh, you know, as I say, luckily I, I sort of, you know, found uh, uh, my path in acting and, uh, you know, it sort of steered me away from it. And then, uh, you know, sort of realising as you get older and when you're sort of coming up to leaving school, you know, what, you know, it's the shock of like, what do you do now for a living? Um, and obviously, you know, the people I grew up with, uh, that was their living. And, um, you know, thank God, uh, uh, acting became, you know, became a living for me, uh, uh, you know, at 16 when I joined EastEnders. Yeah, Sid Owen is my guest this week for the Thursday interview. If you're just uh, joining us, his book From Rags to Ricky is out now. I mean, I can't imagine there were too many people on the estates in Islington who, finishing school, uh, announced that they were heading off to, to, to study drama or go to theatre school or, or wanted to become an actor. I mean, what was the reaction? 
But yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a funny one because uh, especially where I, where I grew up in, you know, sort of, you know, with around the people I did, it was, uh, you know, how, how dare you be an actor? You're uh, you come from criminal criminal stock, you know. Anyone uh, that was an actor in that sort of game, you're a, you, you know, you're probably classed as an antsy boy, you know. And uh, so it was quite brave, really, for me to sort of stick at something I loved and. Uh, you know, not really care about uh, what people thought about it. So, did you get it? You got a you bit know. of stick over it, did you? I got, yeah, I got a huge amount of stick. I got bullied. Um, you know, I sort of stuck by my guns, and uh, I was, you know, I suppose I was the odd one out. And I went through, a, you know, a huge amount of uh, bullying. Luckily, I had three older brothers that could uh, stick up for me. <laughs> <laughs> How did you end up getting told off on a movie set by Al Pacino? Well, you know, um, being, as I say, well, diagnosed probably with ADHD or something like that years ago, I was, uh, you know, that was sort of pushed aside and I was just a naughty boy. And uh, obviously realising, of course, I was a naughty boy because I uh, had no direction, no parents to tell me what to do. So, you know, so it's understandable now. But uh, but Al was was always... uh, you know, sort of looking out for me and basically I think he just wanted to get the work done. So he was, uh, you know, after a year of working with someone and, uh, you know, I wasn't aware of who he was, but um, I was certainly aware and respected the fact that, you know, the job I was doing. So, uh, you know, I did listen to him because he played my dad in it and you know, I didn't, I didn't have any father figure. So, you know, he, that was sort of where he took me under his wing and, you know, sort of steered me in the right direction. Yeah, this is on the, the, the set of Revolution. And how old were you yeah. when you were on that movie? 13 to 14, I, I worked on that. It's funny. It's it's probably, is it a little like, I suppose, the, the, the kind of the petty theft and the heartache in your life? When you're that young, do you really appreciate that you're, you're on a movie set with Al Pacino? You don't. I mean, as I say, it's like, I mean, it was more of a big deal for sort of people around me, but then you become sort of in this little bubble and uh, and then it becomes a job. It's like, it's a funny one because uh, I, I wasn't aware of who Al Pacino was. I, I was like a 13-year-old kid and, uh, you know, I'd never seen Scarface or The Godfather. I was too young. So, uh, you know, for, to me, it was, uh, it was just going on another job. You know, I weren't. You know, you're not even aware of like what you know the money you're getting or you know the people you're working with. It was just uh, all I was interested in was not going to school. So uh, you know, I was happy about that. And then, how did EastEnders come about? So EastEnders came about um, just. I literally just left school, and I, uh, I, I I'd left. Anna Schur and my, uh, I don't know if you remember Dexter Fletcher, who's a huge uh, movie director now. He'd done Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocket Man. Yeah. He was baby-facing Bugsy Malone. So he played me in Revolution when I was older. Okay. And uh, his mother uh, started her own uh, agency up. So he was like, oh, you know, you should let my mum look after you. So uh, anyway, she did, thank God. And like literally within sort of weeks when I sort of signed to her agency, 
the uh, audition for uh, EastEnders came up and I went to it and uh, went, you know, on three auditions and then and then that was it. I got the job. And I mean, had you a sense when you got that job of how big it was going to be? Well, I mean, sort of. It was uh, it was very scary at first because, you, you know, I weren't, I was aware of what EastEnders was because, you know, it's already been going for like two years. So it was, you know, when it first started, it was, uh, it was just a huge hit. You know, millions of people watched it straight away. And, you know, I was aware of it because uh, even when I started on it, I was just, you know, sort of pinching myself. It was like, you know, it didn't matter about working with Al Pacino. I was now working with Pat and Sharon and Doc Cotton. So, uh, you know, I was more in awe of, uh, you know, those than Al Pacino. But, um, <laughs> you know, because it was a huge part of our sort of life growing up, history and, you know, London. And so it was... Uh, yeah, it was quite bizarre. So yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. It was scary. I'm not going to deny that. You know, uh, we when I first started, we were put on like trial, like a three month trial, and and it's like, well, if you do well, then we'll keep you. And uh, you know, so luckily, uh, I think they enjoyed the f- sort of character and you know, working obviously with Mike Reed, who mm. played my father in it, was uh, you know quite. A a big character and well known as well and uh an amazing actor as well and so uh yeah it worked and we clicked and uh you know i did 14 years straight off and did you did you enjoy i know off screen that, that you, you, you had your issues and anyone would i suppose dealing with that level of fame but i mean did you enjoy the actual habitation of ricky the character going on every day and, and working on that show yeah, I mean, just anyone would know. Just being an actor is uh, just to work is a bonus, and uh, you know, there's not many full time acting jobs out there. So you know, I was just grateful for that, and then you know, then everything else came with it—the fame and you know, the money and this and that. It was just uh, it was all very overwhelming, and you know, just it's something that you'd never get used to. But uh, it's just something that you have to adapt to and, you know, accept. And mm. and you can never understand, like, you know, uh, you know, just the, 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 like the fame side of it. It's a, it's a, it's a weird one to sort of, uh, you know, grasp. Um, is Ricky done and dusted with or might we see you again? Um, Ricky won't be done and dusted until they kill him. So never, <laughs> never. No, as long as the doors open, I'll be, uh, I'll be happy to to go back in. It, it, to kind of go full circle as well here in the book, you you make a comment as well about the I suppose that the, the money that comes with having a paying job as an actor, and that one of the things that you were always or that you always regret it was that your mum wasn't around to to experience that and maybe that you couldn't have treated her to 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 something in later life yeah exactly you know it's uh yeah i mean you know it's always payback time it's like you get looked after and then you know that was always thing that when i started earning money and buying properties and stuff like that i was like always wished that i could you know do the same for my mum and take her on holidays and, you know, do all that, all those nice things. But, uh, yeah, 
is a shame I couldn't, but hey-ho, she's looking down on me. Yeah, I'm sure she is. Well, listen, like I said, it's, it's a compelling read. I really enjoyed it, uh, Sid, and thanks oh, a million thanks. for joining us. You're welcome, mate. Thanks for having us. Uh, From Rags to Ricky is the name of the book. Uh, The author, Sid Owen, uh, my guest this week at the Thursday interview. And you can get your hands on that book in all good bookshops. (laughs) 